Right at the Fork is supported by Portland Food and Drink.com, Portland's original restaurant review and news blog, presented by Food Dude, your source for everything you need to know in the Portland food and beverage world. Check in today at PortlandFoodandDrink.com and by Chew Dining Club. Chew is about connecting passionate chefs with passionate food lovers. The Chew mobile app provides a way for you to access a community of food lovers, chefs, and special events in our unique food community. Download the app today on iTunes or Google Play. Talking today, Chris, about one of my most favorite subjects in the world, mm-hmm. that being donuts. I've I'm, been known to consume a cup, uh, one or two of those. Oh yeah, or, or or in the case of of the Pips donuts, like you could eat a whole lot in in one sitting. Uh, I'm Court Johnson. This is Chris Angeles. We are the uh, co-hosts of the uh, the Mighty and Powerful Right at the Fork. Yes, and I want to. Speaking of that, I really want to give a shout out and a chew down to the folks at Chew. Mm-hmm dining app who have supported us uh well for the last month and a half or so a couple months uh but they popped in at the right time and uh there's never a bad time to pop in as a sponsor of this podcast but they came in at the right time because we've since they have are we've spiked yeah um and uh we're so happy to be able to reach more people for them but also that they uh are keeping us on the uh, you know, streaming. It's not on the air. I always right. have to make that delineation. It's not on the air. You're but, going uh, old school. Yes, but uh, but thanks to the folks at Chew. It's a great dining app, some of the best restaurants. If you go to ChewDiningClub.com, you can see all the great restaurants from Lardo, Prem, um, Oven and Shaker. Oven and Shaker. Loyal Legion. There you go. They've got the streaming. Th- I'm looking at it right now. I'm looking at the website right now, It's Chris. like a crawl. It's like a CNN yeah, it, crawl you got all, all of, of restaurants. The, all the restaurants involved. And then like, oh man, this is making me so hungry. There's like this j- delicious looking sausage right in front of me. Who's, who's, who bacon? makes the sausage? I, I can't tell, but it's just, oh, it looks so good. Well, it's a lot of great restaurants and it's going to be uh, expanding beyond Chef's Table at some point. It may have already. But uh, anyway, it's available both on, uh, on, for your iPhone, on iTunes, mm-hmm. and also uh, Android at the, at the, what is it called now, the Play Store? Google Play. Google Play, yeah. right. And uh, something definitely, if you're into food in Portland, you want to download and check out. That not only uh, will you get some rewards, but you can see what's going on at the restaurants and hear some things that uh, other people may not know about. Like I'm sure the recent opening of... Superbite was mentioned on on the Chew Dining app yeah. as well. So, um, thanks to those folks and Kurt Huffman and Sarah and everybody over there for uh, for supporting us and all the chefs um, who are part of Chew, Chew Dining app. Anyway, that being said, uh, donuts, Pips. Yes, Nate. I had no idea. I had an idea what a great guy he was, but I had no idea how rich and deep his resume is when it comes to music. What he's done in the music world, yeah. What he do, and not only actually singing and performing, but with instruments, building instruments with. And I didn't know until he sat down here with watches. I'm going to be getting some yeah, of my old Angeles like, watches. He, he's like him. he's like a Renaissance man, and and he's describing this life he lives. 
And I think if you combined my life and your life together, we still wouldn't be doing as many things as he I is. I can. I just sit there. You know what? I just give up after a while listening to all the thing he does. I wish I was that ambitious, yeah. but I have a couple of things that I really like doing that I just right. keep doing that are any, nowhere near as ambitious as that. But mm-hmm. And he's got a better half, Jamie, who has probably got a list of her own things in addition to their children and yeah. her two restaurants. Right. But she's got her own things that keep her busy. And maybe that's the... That's the recipe for success for their 19-year marriage is that they have their own things, too. I yeah. think that, not that I'm one to ask, but uh, <laughs> I don't want to go too far into that. But I do want to go too far into pips and donuts because um, if you haven't been yet, and probably most, I'm guessing that most of the people who listen to this podcast have. Yeah. Um, if you haven't been yet, then uh, you have to go. One other place you need to go, Europe. Yes, yeah, you've got those great trips coming up late I, summer. I have three trips coming up with, as we've already mentioned, two of the sh- uh, restaurants, the chefs, Aaron at St. Jack and La Moule, and uh, Rick, Grasso, and Lardo. We're going to Italy with him. Aaron, we're going to France. And then also with Jose Chesa, who's a pretty hot chef right now in terms of mm-hmm. uh, what's going on with his world, uh, with Atala and Chesa and uh, 180. Churros. That's something we didn't talk about with Nate. Right. Churros. How if you tried those? Um, but what a great opportunity in September to come with us. We still have room uh, for all the trips. Some of the um, some of the excursions are are gone. Um, so the earlier you sign up, the better. We can do some more things. Portland so. Food Adventures is where you get all the details on that. By the way. Yeah, and you can call me too. Yeah. I'll be happy to talk to anybody about the trips. They're fantastic. So. Um, that, but let's get back to Portland. Let's get back to Donuts. Let's get back to Nate Snell. Have we mentioned his name yet? Mm, Did we, we wait till now? We admit, not, not his full name. Yes, just Nate. And uh, happy to have him on. So, um, and he's got some uh, great social media going on. So tag Pips, tag us mm. if you're listening to this, and write, court, share it. Yes. Share the please, podcast. Please do. How's that sound? Sounds great. Yeah, you sound great. Thank you so much. You, you look great, to, too. Thanks right very up, much. Right up on it. Okay, you want me to get in there? It's pretty, yeah. Got get it. in there. Yeah. Get right How's that on sound? It. There. Sounds good. Yeah, right. that sounds good. Hey, nice to see you this morning. It's great to see you. Thank you so much. Thank you. We've been trying to do this for a long time. Yes, we have. What has it been, about two years now? Does that sound about right? That we've been trying to get you yes. on the podcast? Yeah. Yeah, that, yeah. That, that, uh, that sounds reasonable. Here we are. I just wanted to grow our business exponentially before I came. I wanted to come from a position of power. Well, let me tell you, powerful. it works both ways because <laughs> since we've been trying, our listenership, and thanks to everybody, has doubled. Yes, so, awesome. So now you're, you're going to have a little more power this way. We're still, not in the, we're still not in the superpower position, I think, in terms of media. Yes. But in the food world in Portland. Absolutely. Um, so we, we topped, um, and you would know about this, or you would know, you would, relatively speaking, how this, cause you, buy, you are aware of what exposure is. Sure. Um, what, what did we do, Court, last week, last month? 4,500. We Some, topped something downloads. like that, yeah. Yeah. So no, maybe a little over. We'd been averaging half that, that for, is great. T- for a y- two years. And everybody said, just wait till the two year mark. Well, I've got uh, three fans I know for sure that I'm going to bring you after this, at least three. Three. And if we get beyond three, then it's going to be aces. Good. And I hope <laughs> they I hope they like uh, Portland Food Adventures and want to go to Europe, too. That's what I really oh, yes, want to see. Yes. You got, Europe, you got yes. people who want to go to Europe? <laughs> yes. Three. Who doesn't? <laughs> yes. Well, uh, especially with the chefs we have. Anyway. Um, Thanks, man. So, what were the reasons you couldn't come on? What were, it was tough. We, I would, I would contact you a couple of weeks ahead of time. 
It was a difficult time. And frankly, as far as guests go, we haven't had that often. Lately, I've been having it with a few guests where we just can't arrange a time. Sure. But so what were some of the reasons? Let's talk about what, what you're so involved with that, you know, two weeks in advance for an hour. Sure. Well, you know, um, two, two very busy businesses, both Pip's Original Donuts and Cheyenne, the Lamb's Table Catering. Juggling three children under the age of twelve. Mm-hmm. Um, That's I, nothing. Yeah, I mean, th- just that alone. <laughs> so you right should there just, you is, kind, of, kind of buried the lead like, there. You should have just started with that. I, enough said. I, right, and I have a great idea. <laughs> I've already done that, but you two, you know, just to free up your schedules, you should you should kid pool. Yeah, yeah. Figure I like out how it. to get them together. I and, like it. I'm not sure I would wish my kids on anyone else's though. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> love, so those aren't the three you were talking about who are going to be listening because right, you wouldn't right. have said that. No, of course not. Of course not. Um, <laughs> let's see. Uh, a uh, exotic short hair kitty and a little uh, Italian greyhound dog. A watch business, the retrograde movement that I refurbish and sell and source vintage watches for really? people all over the United I've States. I've been sending mine down yeah. to San Diego lately yeah. to get well, fixed. I just seventy one Rolex. You do that. You're, you you I do, do that. I do. Yep. What did where does that come from? Is that like a? He's got. Did you read his resume? Why well, I, I glanced through it? And I'm not challenging you with right. that. I'm just I'll saying, do it right now. I'm just saying. Let's, oh wow. Just give me give me five minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I also uh, it's a long I also time. I also build custom guitars and recording amplifiers as well. Which, so, which is why when we walked when you walked into the studio, you were yeah, very I'm a specifically gear, I'm a talking gear about nerd. our mics. I'm a gear nerd. Yeah, yeah I have a new band called um, Pacific Latitudes that I just put together. We actually practice down at Pips after hours, which is great. You know, it was funny when we were expanding finally from our 12 seat into our 40 room community space. As we were looking at this room, my wife's gone. Oh, and you know, we can put we can you know do a supper club and we can put all the tables just like this and we can arrange like this. All I'm thinking is. Band. Band practice. Right. <laughs> How do I sound shape this room? Right, I right. could hang the diffusers there. <laughs> I could hide the PA speakers there. Anyway, it has come to fruition on both ends, both our Curry Favor monthly supper club and being able to have band practice. So circling back around, you know, just logistically, I think that we weren't able to find a time that hit. And here we are. Now the timing's perfect. Yeah, but then you didn't have as much going on, right? You didn't have the additional space. You didn't have the catering. You had the catering yeah, company. Yeah, but, but you know, but, when you're ramping things up, that's your busiest time. Right. It's well, called, it's inertia, right? R- yeah, it's inertia. But, so, we, you know, as we were starting off without any conventional funding or financing to get our business, it was just a matter of trying to keep the doors open for at least the first couple of years in business. You know, people would be surprised about that. And I so, think so, yeah. With lines out the door, right. you're saying we were just trying to keep our Look, doors when open. When, average, when your average employee pay is $14 an hour and you have a lot of other um, financial and um, other non-financial incentives that you provide for your people, your level of income that you need to achieve is exponentially higher. So you really got to hustle. And But we made generosity and treating our people well a foundational element of our business right from the very beginning. Instead of, you know, shooting for this mythical state that people think they're going to get to or they say, well, I'll do it just as soon as I, you know, get X amount of money. I've found that in my life that if you don't start doing things intentionally right off the bat, you're never going to do them. Because there's always the next level that people continue to try and reach. So we started paying people a living wage um, right off the bat, and we started becoming very um, involved in community initiatives, working with a lot of nonprofits and charities, um, creating strategic partnerships with other businesses um, to do things that would also benefit a third party. So all of those things just meant that we had to hustle a little bit harder and a little bit longer before we got that inertia going to where it became self-sustaining. 
And so are you there now? Are yes. You feeling, I'm happy to say good about it. I'm happy to say that we're there. We've had the privilege of being able to put aside um, enough money into our bank account to start working towards theoretically affording our first house. So that's getting harder and harder. But um, it's wonderful to be at a place three and a half years down the road and we're completely debt free as a business. We're beholden to no one. We have no, no loans. run for president. Man. Yeah, no loans, no outstanding finances um, that we owe anyone else uh, other than ourselves. And we're able to put all of that money back into the business and we do. That is, and, and one, the, one of the things that caused me to wanna get in touch with you now to say, hey, let's do this, was when I saw what you were doing for your employees. You've got a program where you're giving them mm -hmm. an additional stipend that sure. they have to turn around and give to somebody else. Yeah, you know, it was funny. I was, I was at the bank, and it was on a Friday, and I was super tired. I drove all the way across town. We used Rivermark Community Credit Union on Hawthorne. I was super tired. Traffic was terrible. Um, I, had had a, um, I had had my uh, root canal done just a few days before. I had suffered with that a couple of weeks. Brought my youngest daughter with me for moral support, and I said, look, you help me get through this. Let's go deposit our cash at the bank, and I'll give you something sweet as a treat. You know, And uh, with coming from a donut shop owner, you may not think that's great incentive, but my kids actually don't eat a lot of donuts all the time. Right. Something so else use, would be a treat. Right. I, right exactly. <laughs> like, yeah, like a snow cone or a slushie or something, mm. right? That's like the epitome not handcrafted donuts. So anyway, so we go across, we fight our way across town Friday night, Friday afternoon, and really bad rush hour traffic. We finally get to the bank about 30 minutes before they're set to close. We're in this huge line. We get up to the front. I'm depositing my cash. The teller goes in the back, and I hear, I just overhear this guy next to me, and, and um, the teller says to him, what can I help you with? And he says, I'd like to check my balance. You know, I'm just kind of halfway listening to this. She comes back after tapping the keys, and she says, you have... 14 cents. And I just hear him just let out this sigh of just total yeah, despair, that, right? That's a little depressing. Just total despair. And I look over and the guy looks relatively normal. And she said, well, she says to him, were you expecting a deposit? And he said, yeah, I've been really, I've been expecting a deposit. And so he dejectedly turns away and starts walking past me. And I just dig in my pocket and I pull out all the cash I have. And I usually have a fairly, you know, decent amount of folding cash in there because I'm always using it for giving people tips and other places, you know, whatever. And I just give him all the cash. I'm like, man, I just want to give this to you. I want you to put this in your account. And he looks at me and he's just completely blown away. And he gives me this semi-awkward, like, white guy male hug. And... Um, and he walks out and my cashier comes back and, you know, I didn't think anything more of it. And we were finishing up our transaction. I hear this, excuse me, sir. And I turn to my right and there's this gentleman. He's, he's standing there. He's holding a box of donuts from Safeway. <laughs> he went across the street and he said, I bought these donuts. I just want to give them to you to, sh to show you my thanks. And I started laughing. <laughs> and I was like, I own it. <laughs> just, I'm laughing. I own a donut shop, you know? And, yeah. And then the teller, who I didn't know, pipes up and goes, the best donuts in Portland, you know, and then I see all these people online and they're just watching with their eyes or just why they've witnessed this thing. And so I, I just realized that act, that simple act of me taking the opportunity to um, to look for a way to to help someone that was less fortunate than myself um, changed my entire outlook for the whole, I mean, the whole rest of the week. I was like on cloud nine, right? Well, besides, you didn't know that that was going to occur. It could no, have just been no he idea, out and that was it. So when it's you do just something, opportunity, right? right? When you do something, when you pay yeah. it forward, and when yeah. you go out of your way, often, yes, things happen that you can't, you can't imagine. Yes. So if you do nothing, probably nothing's going to happen. Right. So, 
And so that, you know, just that incident really, just as I was having my morning meditation at 5 a.m. the next morning, um, I realized, you know, I wonder if there's a way that I can create a program that would help my employees to be put in, to be able to be put in the same position where they could utilize an opportunity that would be presented to them to be generous and help someone less fortunate than themselves. And that's where I came up with the Freedom to Give initiative. And it works very simply. We give them $30 extra each paycheck. They get paid twice a month. Um, and 25 of that is for them to use any way they'd like to help someone that needs it. And to Can create... they say I need the help myself? And <laughs> you... Well, I could see I, I would, someone saying you that. You know, if they do, if they need something substantially more than um, what we're paying them, I'm always willing to do whatever I can to help my employees. I've helped them fix their cars and their houses and all sorts of stuff. So they know that that, that safety net is there for them. But this gives them an opportunity to look for opportunities to help other people. And um, it's been wonderful. They tell me stories just, you know, I don't expect anything. There's no monitoring. It's totally on their, you know, on their own recognizance to do this. But they come back and they tell us stories about, you know, this gives me the ability to give to this, you know, charitable foundation that helps kids that I've wanted to do for a long time. And, and I just, we've been making ends meet, you know, and this gives me that extra. So they tell us these stories all the time. This homeless family, I came out and I could tell they needed something. I bought them, I bought them a whole, you know, nice meal. You know, all these, these stories they keep telling. And as a result, as I see them um, being able to engage in these acts of kindness and generosity, their spirits and their sense of self-worth is elevated and they're happier and happier people make and happier employees make happier customers and happier customers make a happier business and happier business means more money so so it's a holistic you know karmic circle if you will that starts with something simple like giving to someone else and ends up coming back into our business as well. And how many employees do you have? I have 14 employees now just on the donut side. So do the math on that. So yeah. if someone gets $30 every two weeks yeah. or 26 times a year. I'll let you do the math. I try to stay willful. Well, no, but I'm just of, thinking yeah. of not so much the money. Sure. But it gives them, so someone who is making general, no, that's $14 isn't minimum wage, but yeah. close to, you know, yeah, it's, and then it's with close tip, to the with bone. Tips, Usually with doesn't. Tips, they're making 25 to $28 an hour at our shop. Wow, that's great. But still, yeah. you have a family. It's I've always found where. How do I give to charity when those things come up? Right. It's gee, I don't have five hundred bucks to right. do so. But at the end of the year, someone could have seven hundred dollars. To do that and yep. say this is my thing, or throughout the year, twenty-five times, just yep. hand someone twenty bucks yep. and say, "Here, have a better day." Yeah. Uh, one of my best friends uh, was really down and out, and he was having a tough time of it, and he decided that his way out of it was to give, I don't remember the exact amount, but I know it was about a hundred bucks a week. Mm -hmm. He was going to give away to like gas station. Yeah. Give a tip because yeah. they're not making a lot of money. Right. Right. And he said he felt so much better, you know, even though life was tough and he was having it, at least he had the opportunity to feel good about himself Look, that the, many times. The, the bottom line is this, that we live in a society that tells us that if we just purchase things for ourselves, that we're going to be happier. And that's just a lie. Mm the fact of the matter is, is that we purchase things for ourselves and it's a temporary fix. It's a temporary sense of elation that we acquired something else. But what's been proven to be scientific fact in the way that we're wired as humans is that when we help someone else, that that definitely increases our long-term happiness with ourselves. 
Yeah, well, so, you know what? That's 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 what inspired me, and that's why we do it. And um, I absolutely love it. It's the biggest privilege to be an owner and boss of a company, and to be able to treat your employees and run your business in a way that you wish numerous other bosses before you had done it. Yeah, I I I think that, and it's not only with your employees. You've been kind to me when it comes to. I mean, we didn't know each other. I right. contacted you and said I have. I think it was Johanna at. Smallwares oh, or yeah. something we were yep. doing an event, That's right. or it might have been uh, Jose at a towel. No, it was before yep. that. Though. Yeah, it was I think it was before that. Yeah, I think it was Johanna. Actually, I know exactly who. It was. Who was it? Just to keep mentioning. Yeah, Sarah. Oh at yes, Irving Street Sarah Kitchen. Irving Street Kitchen. That's right. So she said, "I love Pips. I'd never heard of it, <laughs> right. and I live on the other side of town. And yeah. now I live on halfway across. You know, it's, well, it's a long drive to right. go from Manzanita to to uh, Fremont over there. But I walked in, introduced myself, and told you what I was doing. Right. And you were like, "Whatever I can do to help." And you know, I love to hear that, of course. Right. But. Right. Just standing up with a smile on your face and giving me donuts at the same right. time. I mean, um, it's a one-two punch of love. You can't yeah. you can't resist. So, um, you know, Reggie Lee, of course, from Graham and I have become very good friends over the Dirty Woo Donut that we created for him. And the first time we got together for lunch, we actually went to Irving Street Kitchen. And uh, we were sitting there and we we're eating, you know, and people are continuously coming up to him and asking for autographs. And he's very gracious. It's a very... I, I like to say in, in a world full of actors, Reggie Lee always keeps it real because he really is that type of a genuine person. You know, so we're trying to get a couple of words edgewise. Meanwhile, people just keep coming up and, hey, Reggie, can you please sign my thing? And he just does it over and over again. And out comes Sarah. And I had never personally met her before. Sarah Schaefer, the yeah, chef there. Yes. So, she, so, that, so Sarah, the head chef, comes walking out. And I can see Reggie being prepared. He can, he's prepared for this interaction. Here comes the chef. Mm-hmm. And she walks over to me and she says, you're the owner of Pips. <laughs> I absolutely love your donuts. And Reggie just it slowly dawns on him. I can see his face. He just gets the biggest smile on his face. And she says, I made this personal this pizza for you. This is my personal favorite pizza. And she brings it over and, and puts it down. And it was just a really sweet moment, you know, to see that um, it's just, there's nothing better than when your peers um, respect you for what you do and the way that you do it. And it's likewise with you as well. And so obviously it's a good fit between us. No, well, I'm still working on it. (laughs) Join the club. But that's why I have court to give me some credibility. Fair enough. I don't know know about that. And you've had, you've had Pips. Oh, no, I have. But, you know, it's interesting. Talking about uh, uh, the the dirty woo. That was actually how Pips got on my radar because I follow all the grim people on Twitter. Yep. And when you introduce that that uh, special, do you still have it? it oh yeah, it's become it's a, on the permanent menu okay. now for sure. Yeah, th- uh, that's when I'm like, I got to check these donuts out because when you know I'm I've been in Portland about five years now, okay. and when people think Portland and donuts, there's the obvious yeah donut that everybody thinks of voodoo donut. Of course, and, and yeah. I enjoy the voodoo donut, yeah. and we're not here to put them down, but like people <laughs> but, are like, but Micah was. Yeah, no, I'm sure he he was, <laughs> and I and I like to tell people I'm like you can go there, you can, you can go stand in these lines, but there's so much more to offer. And number one on my list has been pips, because you brought in do- you brought in some d- pips one day, Chris, and I don't think you remember it, but it was like that's because I've had too many. It donut was like right? it was like the greatest. <laughs> it was like the greatest day in my life. It was like oh okay this 
is a donut. They make you happy. They just do. even their size. They yeah. make it because you can have more than one, yes. right? It goes back yes. to Yeah. But it's just like it's like bite-sized perfection. It's yes. just it's the everything is right there in that one It's like people talk about the perfect pizza is you get the perf you get everything it's in one bite. It's the ratio everything is there, right? That's what well, it is. Yeah. Can I tell you something? You yeah. haven't experienced perfection cuz you have to go have it in the shop. That's oh, what you I have said. to. I, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you have to. It's like and that's like pizza I, too. You yeah. have to eat it there. So you right. don't have to. I'm not saying don't ever buy a Pips. No, and take no, no. Away. I mean we, yeah, we, <laughs> we, we built this business model off of the fact that my favorite bread was bread that was right out of the oven. Right. Mm-hmm. And you know when you take that and you come from a guy who doesn't typically like overly sweet donuts in general, and you put them together, I feel like we've kind of been fooling people in Portland now because really they are not donuts. They really are round, small, warm pieces of the Fluff, best fresh. Fresh love. bread mm-hmm. that have cardamom, nutmeg, Madagascar vanilla instead mm-hmm. of all of the all of the sweeteners and corn syrup, you know. So we've been kind of fooling people, and that's why I think that it creates a paradigm shift when they have them for the first time because they're they're expecting the usual. They're expecting this kind of narrow band range of either overly sweet or you know super you know this advanced culinary thing, right? Mm-hmm. And then when they have this, it's just a whole new experience for them. Well, it's also the shop too. Absolutely, so the, experience, there, the experience. The spirit, yes, everything. The logo, everything yep. you've done. Yes, is and you grew up. Did you grow up in Portland? My both of my parents were born in Oregon. My dad was born in Portland. I was born in the Bay Area. My mom was born in Eugene. But I've lived here since '88. So I kind of consider so, yeah. I've been here for a formative time in Portland's you growth. You can yeah. tell it's in your blood. Yes, and you can tell it, everything in that shop yes. is not contrived. I worked for Greg Higgins before he started Higgins at the Heathman Bakery and Pub. He was one of the first people that did the farm to table thing. He went out and created the movement in Portland. Mm-hmm. He went out and enlisted the farmers um, and the folks that had the livestock. And he said, if you do this for me, I will be your I will be your main supplier. He went and created that thing. I grew up with, with the Widmer guys making their first craft brew for us at the Heathman Bakery and Pub, us mm-hmm. making our own bread, wood-fired pizza, you know that was my that was my intro into something which came to its fruition a decade or 12 years down the road in Portland. I got to experience that. Greg showed me how food could be done, and I've never lost that. That was the biggest impression ever. Well, what's really interesting about that is those are the early collaborations. Yes, and now, absolutely. Like in the last few years, it's become collaborations. Isn't it interesting? You know, yes. you, 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 there's. What kind of salt are you putting right. on? Yes. Uh, someone's doing ice cream over here. Yes. There's a chef who wants this. Have you done any special uh, chef donuts per se, like uh, like with Carlo? Maybe a Filipino yeah. donut. Yeah. Flavor. No. No, we haven't. But you know what? We um, because we're pretty. Um, I, I have to say it. There's a lot of things we love to collaborate on, but we retain such close control over the quality of our donuts that the way the way we do collaborate is with our Curry Favor Supper Club, mm-hmm. where we have uh, a showcase spotlight partner every month that we create a five-course meal and custom cocktails using their ingredients. We did it with Extracto. Everything had coffee in it. Um, we just recently did one with Ex Novo Brewing. Um, we're talking, Carlo has said he wants to come in and do a Filipino basing, right? Which, by the way, yes. that PFA that we did, that was one was of my, it, yes, that was one of my so, favorites that ever. That was so fun. And I didn't, I had... I didn't know Carlo very well. Yeah. I had uh, I've been to Clyde Commons since he was there a couple of times for lunch, but he blew. It was blew, it he, was so good. He blew a lot of people away. My night. wife and I still talk about that meal to this day as being a really high water mark for us. Uh, all all of the last couple of years mm-hmm. in our culinary experience is important. That was so great. So you know we really um, we really want to give. 
the chefs and our strategic partners, Spotlight Partners, a, a chance to shine throughout multiple courses and to be able to have the Supper Club now on a monthly basis to do that is a wonderful opportunity. So it's once a month? And one, it's once a month. It's always on a Monday so that our friends in the food service industry can come. Mm-hmm. Next one's on the 30th. Um, my wife just gave me the full menu. I haven't even looked at it yet. She gave it to me last night. So I'll start putting it out there on uh, social media and promoting it. And where do people find that if they're looking for a website? or a So Instagram? it's always listed on the on, under a Facebook event, and then it will be on all of the rest of our social media, on Instagram and on Twitter as well, and on um, our website. But is it on the catering, or is it Pips? Is, so my it? wife does the catering for it, but it will be advertised on the Lamb Stable Catering, Lamb Stable, and also on PipsMobile.com, which is the uh, website address for us. Cool. Well, I, I understand First of all, you know, it, it, you've got kids and yep. two businesses yep. and probably more than that. Yep. But I understand why you couldn't make it because you've also filled your time up with working on instruments and watches. And yes. Do you, do you ever take time off and just chill? Do I do. You, I actually, I read three times a day. So I get up in the morning. Um, can I have, you read three times a day? Can you read one, three I'm, times a month? I'm lucky, man. Oh, I'm lucky <laughs> if I get it in yeah, at, at all. Yeah, I didn't read. It's, it's normally it's reading with my kids. So it's like, all right, we're going to read this book today. Yeah. Right. Well, that you have kid, do you read? Are you talking, you're not talking about with your kids. I'm talking about I read with my kids, but I also read myself for entertainment and relaxation. Yeah. And what do you like to read? Right now, I'm kind of on a science fiction kick. Um, William Gibson, the guy who invented the term cyberpunk and who invented the term Microsoft, mm. um, he is one of my favorites. I just went through all of Frank Herbert's, the entire Dune series. And now I'm getting into all of the William Gibson side of things, and it's mind-blowing. It's very good. What was really funny is I was looking for a book to read. You know, I have a Kindle, and I have a lot of paperback books. I was looking, and I thought, oh, my gosh, I need a new book. And I remembered that one of my former employees who moved out of state had purchased me a William Gibson book. And so I found it in my library, and it was Neuromancer. It was his first novel. And I went to open it up, and it said, To Nate from William Gibson on the inside. And I remembered then at that point in my shock that my employee had gone down to Powell's when William Gibson was in town for a signing and had gotten this book and I had never opened it up. I thought he oh, just wow. bought a book for me. Yeah. And so as I had already read five William Gibson novels in that intervening time when he told me, you know, this is so great, you're going to love it. Um, and I had developed a huge respect for William as an, as an visionary and as an author to open up this book and see it signed to me was an incredibly poignant moment. Have you, are you still in touch with that person? Were you yes, say, Jamie Herman. Thank you. Yes, and I, I sent him a text. I was like, dude, <laughs> I, I'm so sorry. I didn't thank you more. You know? <laughs> it like, almost makes it better because, you know, it's it's rare for you somebody to hand you a book and you to start into it right away, especially yes. if you're an avid reader. You right. probably got a stack. Yes. You know, yes. 10 high of stuff you're going to get to. but Much to my wife's and, chagrin. Yeah. And it's not easy to say. everywhere. And, and you don't want to say, here, open it up. Look and right. see. Look what right. I did for you. No, yeah. you never said you just handed it to me. Yeah. And I thought, oh, that's really sweet. That, that makes it better. That makes it you know? better. That it yeah. like, like that. a year and a half down the road to have. To, right. It just sat there. It was amazing. Mm-hmm. So, so yeah, I do. You know, I'm really intentional about the way that I operate things. Um, Are you on a schedule? Are you? No, a schedule I don't. Person? That's the thing. I'm not a scheduled person. Um, I am just really disciplined about the way that I do things. But I'm not a scheduled person. I don't have schedules. I don't do all that. I don't know how I do it. 
Um, but you know, it's like how about I, Jamie? Is she yeah, she's very she, keeps you in she's, line herself she really her? does. It's true. She she keeps herself in line and she struggles with me. But that's always been the you well, know, she's case still for with 19, you, so 19 years she, later. Right? You know, we've figured out a way to make it work. We're radically different people. But you know, the things that I do, I'm like mixed martial arts Monday and Friday. Um, running on Wednesday and then and then work, you know, feel like such a schlep. Well, it creates it's, it creates a framework for me to have everything else kind of fall within, if that makes sense. Yeah. You well, know, kids in school of. create a framework, you know, work hours, all of that stuff. Right. But you have so many different things going on. And I'm sure we've just touched the, the tip of the iceberg. I like to have a dynamic life. Yeah. Well, that's, you know, all, yeah, it's a nice thing to do. I but, like to have a satisfying life. And I, so far you're giving yourself, would you give yourself and A, do you have room for improvement? I mean, things change. So your kids are going to yes, get older. You're going to yes. make different plans then. That's true. But yeah, we, you know, we, uh, my wife and I always have plans coming up kind of based upon the changing environment of our kids' ages and stuff. And um, I don't know that I'd give myself an A. You know, I would say that constant improvement is one of the cornerstones of how I run our business. I'm, I'm never content to sit on my laurels and accept accolades. And that I'm really distrustful. I was in the music industry in Portland for a very long time. I both managed major labels, bands, and I was in a lot of different bands and in other various facets of the music industry. And I, I think that hype is something that I'm, I'm deathly averse to. And it I runs against the grain of Portland, too. I just, so you know, I just don't, I don't believe the hype like Public Enemy so aptly put it. And um, when, I, when people are, you know, Number one, I don't read Yelp reviews. I don't read any reviews. Two and a half years ago, I stopped reading reviews intentionally. I've never, I haven't read a review since. Um, because I give, I'm a sensitive person who likes to please people. And I unfortunately give more weight to someone's negative review, someone that I've never met and that I likely never will meet. And that you know, that I have I no should. idea what the credibility and, is. No, but you know, but I recognize that that all those little reviews, when they add up, they weigh on you somehow in your soul and you come back to them at two in the morning. So I just put my foot down. So it's that type of intentionality in the way that I run my life. And I'm like, I'm done with it. I'm done with it. That enables me to keep everything, all the balls in the air. Um, so I would say, you know, just a couple of weeks ago, Jamie and I went back in the test kitchen. We've never had any complaints about our donuts, but we feel like we could do them better. Hmm. And so after, you know, three and a half years of experimentation and trying them in every different iteration, we recognize that there are some elements to them that we would like to change and that we feel like we can elevate them. And so we carved out time, made up multiple test batches and, you know, kept really careful notes of every parameter. And um, I feel like we're about to elevate the donut game again. Wow, good for you. And and there are people at the same time nipping at your heels who are taking your concept and not, not necessarily trying to do it better, sure. just do it so that they can capitalize sure. on what you've done lately. Correct? Is that... Yeah, yeah, that's true. And I think that, you know, humans in general kind of like to look for shortcuts sometimes and that um, the hardest way is oftentimes the best way for the end result. But it, people would love to find a shortcut to doing everything, right? That's why you have everything out there, you know, promising shortcuts to doing all the things that are incredibly hard to do. And most of them never work. So on the outside, when somebody sees a business being successful, their inclination is, I can do that. What's so hard about that? I could do it. I can make them look like that. But what they don't understand is that they don't have the knowledge to recognize that there are 
hundreds and thousands of hours of literally blood, sweat, and tears that have gone into making that business successful and that there are rarely ever any overnight successes and that they're not going to get there just by making it look like it, that they're missing some of the most important components of why that business is successful in the first place. And that's the way that we run our business. I always tell people, anybody can do what we do, but nobody can do it how we do it. Right. And I'm totally firm in that belief. And you can't expect that there's, you know, there's donuts. You're not, you didn't invent them. So, Absolutely. So you can't expect no one's going to have a donut that doesn't look like yours. Absolutely. And, you know, I love the American capacity for ingenuity revolves around taking ideas which have been done before and doing it slightly different and making it your own. And that's why I believe in that term that I, I talked to you, um, innovation, not imitation. That you can take something that has been done a million times before and do it a certain way that makes it uniquely yours. And that's what we've done with the way that we make our donuts, the way that we present them, the way that we run our business. All of those things combine to create a unique value proposition of our business that nobody else can emulate. So, that ours. so if someone were, and I believe someone is, doing what you're doing locally, sure. do you think that eats into your business? Uh, do you think that will it, or are you that concerned about it? I, I personally don't think that someone can eat into your business by just copying you. Uh, uh, I don't think that's the case. Now, if they were using your marketing and came up with, you know, like we recently saw with Jacobson Salt mm -hmm. and those folks in Florida. Yep, sure. That's a whole different thing. That and is that's a whole a different thing. That's a bigger legal matter as far right. as I'm concerned. Right. I don't know. I, I'm not an attorney, but yes. um, but I think, you know, the experience that you have at Pips is not just the flavor of the donut and that you've worked mm -hmm. very hard on mm -hmm. and here you're still we hear you're still working on mm -hmm. it <laughs> it's not just that but it's the whole it's the attitude you have when you're in there it's the feeling it's yes. the smell of the, the yes. chai it's and the donuts together it's everything so I, I really think to you know people what you're touching on is that people are craving an authentic experience and that somebody copying somebody else's thing inherently is an inauthentic experience and that there may be some people that like that you know, that try that, those other folks' donuts and think they taste wonderful and never come to Pips, and that's their loss. You know, they're not able to experience what we're all about in its fullness. So, no, I don't think that it's going to eat into our business. The fact that we have lines, you know, running down the block and we have people coming to us after they've stood in those lines and tell us that was worth the wait. Yeah, over and over so. and over again. And you've done you know? what you can to mitigate that weight. Absolutely. You posted something on Facebook a couple of weeks ago, or maybe not even that long ago, that someone had told you, oh, I used to like your donuts, but now that there's a line, I'm not going to come. <laughs> it's usually early adopters. They come and they get spoiled, and they have a really hard time emotionally and mentally overcoming the fact that you've become popular. Mm. And I think that has to do a lot of times, like when you listen to a band the first time, you're like, Right. You say, gosh, that band was awesome. I remember seeing them when there was only 12 people in the room. Yeah. And now I don't go to see them because they're popular. And it's not because the music necessarily got worse, like you would assume, but it's because the people that saw them at first were simply spoiled. And they have a hard time rejoicing in the fact that their band has become successful or the business has become successful because if the business or the band did not become successful, they would not be around. Well, that, right? yeah, that's so true. But I think there's another psychological component to it, which is um, 
I was onto this before anybody knew about it, mm-hmm. and now I don't want to be uh, one right. of them. It's, it's the pleasure of feeling like you're you've got some sort of inside scoop on something, and then once you realize that it's not a secret anymore, it goes away. You're just like, oh well, right? So, you know, be like everybody else. Yeah. Well, what's what's awesome about the way that one of another one of the cornerstones that we've always focused on is that fads, food fads, style fads, design fads come and go. Mm-hmm. We've always been focused on pleasing ourselves first. And that we don't put anything on the menu unless it blows us away personally. So that's number one. So that we can look people in the eye and say, that is the best ghost pepper mocha I've ever had. And I created it and I did it because I wanted to please myself first. And if you don't like it or you don't like this donut, what's wonderful about Portland, there are a lot of different alternatives that I can personally suggest to you. A couple. Right? A couple? Yeah. Yeah. So, And I do it all the time. But, um, you know, secondly, it's... It's just about creating a space that we wanted to hang out in full of things we wanted to eat and drink. And if people like it, awesome. If they don't, like I said, there's a lot of other uh, alternatives out there for them. So what percentage of your, uh, you just mentioned you, you're creating it for you and you hope other people like it. Because that's, that's I don't mean you're doing it selfishly. Someone no, we has are. To, we someone are has doing to it do selfishly. The, well, okay. <laughs> but anyway, so what I was going to say, let me circle back around, is that when things do change and things are very fickle that way, you know, people are hip and this is hip and this is not, we focus on the families. That's our focus. We take care of the families first because we know that there will always be families. And if you take care of the families, the families will take care of you. Talking about customers? Or? Yes, talking about customers. So our approach is please ourselves first and take care of the families. Oh, so I don't, I don't matter when I come in. I have a family, but yeah. I never come in with my kids. Yeah, so but not, I just come in as a single guy. What I'm saying is that instead of focusing on trying to chase some particular fat around, whether we make all of our, our shop look white like the Swedish minimalist design or something, whatever the con- – it's like we just threw all that out. and We're like, we'll please ourselves first and we'll take care of families. And we'll constantly – that is the hospitality end of why we mm-hmm. do things is treating families well. And everyone is welcome and everyone is treated like family but we don't try to market ourselves towards any particular niche segment of the population. We welcome everyone. And have you had a meeting where you've actually come to that conclusion and that's down on a piece of paper? No, that's just been one of the tenets it's of the just, way that we run our business. It's in your, yeah, it's it's in in your our heart and your blood. So yeah, It's the way that I was raised to treat people well, and that's how I live out the way that I run my business. I think that goes to the point of you trying to perfect the, the or change or maybe make the taste of your donuts better Yes, in your minds because they're just like, okay, I'm happy with this, but I want to be happier. Yes, and I feel like I, I feel like we can because a lot know? of people would be like, "Don't change it," because the first thing that popped in my mind was, was new. Was <laughs> You're new gonna Coke, mess with it. Was new Coke. Yes, right. And and, and it was just kind of like they, but but you know that was, obviously Coke was this <laughs> whole other machine. Right. But it's like you've gone in and you you've realized you know we can do this and it would make it better and and because. Yes. Your happiness is what matters yes. most to you, which I think is important. And after five more years of experience, you may think, okay, we have five more years. Now we can do it a little better. Let's right. pop it up again. And, yes. and taste may have changed. Yes. Your That's taste true. may have changed, That's too. true. And, I, and I love the fact that we can, we can be very flexible with what we do because we are able to create our own toppings and do whatever we want. So we created a base donut that we love the flavor plain because that was of primary importance. If if it doesn't taste amazing by itself, who cares what you put on top? And of I, it? I like them plain, right? And I, I do too. I, and I eat them plain all the time. A certain percentage right. plain, and I those are the ones I save for the last bite. Yes, exactly. And so that gives us the flexibility as the palate changes. 
or as we want to try new things to be able to engage in those different topics. You know, what you don't know is behind the scenes is that we are continually innovating in every aspect of our business. I have a standing thing that I always tell my employees, learn the way that it is now, and then after you've learned it, if you have an idea for making it better, come to me and I will reward you for it. And what's happened is all of our processes have become improved as a result of the boots on the ground employees helping us to find more efficient and better ways to do things. I was going to ask you, because when you initially mentioned that, it sounded like, no, we're just going to do it the way we want, but you are open to suggestions, probably from from customers too, who have sometimes not very valid opinions, but sometimes Sometimes they do. And look, we all suffer from a myopic focus on our own individual perspective. We need other eyes on things to help us improve because other eyes see things in ways that we don't necessarily see them ourselves. That's why there are advertising agencies and and publicists because, you know, I had an ad agency for years. And first thing I would say is, you're talking to yourself. Right. You need someone to look at it like your customer. Yeah, get out of your echo chamber. Yeah, well, you're you in know? there. You're not a customer. Yeah. You can't look at it like a customer. Right. You just can't because right. you you know what those meetings are like on Saturday mornings. and yes. you, you can't step out of your own mind. So you yep. not only need me, which is, you know, I was a small operator for a while, but we need to go out and find opinions of other people Absolutely. too. Because um, you're just talking to yourself. I mean, I worked with car dealers a lot. Talk yes. about an industry where they're talking to themselves. Yes, <laughs> right. Like that's, they spend a lot of money right. to talk, talk to, to themselves. themselves. Yes, and, exactly. Uh, and they sell some cars in the process. But um, So a great way to get out of that is, I mean, we do these, I, I look for strange collaborations. Um, we collaborated with, palette nail polish here in Portland. They make custom nail polishes. So we had them create, together we worked and came up with the Pips Rahanian Sea Salt Nail Polish. It was this <laughs> tan metallic that had these sparkly bits in it that would look like the salt, so you had the base color. Uh-huh. And we we did a thousand of these nail polish things, and we gave 100% of the proceeds to the Raphael House, which is a place that benefits folks that come out of abusive domestic situations. So I'm always looking to do the non-typical collaboration so that new ideas and new fans and new people can be brought into the mix. That's why I'm not always looking to just do food-related collaborations. That's why we just did a thing with the Trailblazers. And we're always looking for other businesses that do business well locally that we can collaborate with as long as there's a third-party charitable component. Because that creates new ideas, that opens up new avenues, you know, for well, both parties. It right? opens up, it opens up new markets too. Right. That you're everybody. Look, there's a closed food community in Portland. I yes. mean, it's it's yes. pretty. We think it's big and it's known nationally, but let's face it, there are only so many people who read Eater. That's right. right. Who really right. are following what's right. going on? Yes. And it's not a huge percentage. No disrespect to Eater. No, they have none, a lot of readers. They have yes. a ton of readers, but. You know, when it comes down to it, I can't tell you how many people that I'm sure you've had the experience, Quartz had the experience. Oh, there's a food scene in Portland. Uh, yeah, Portland City Grill and Jake's. <laughs> right. And and those that's a whole circle of people. Yes. So when you go yes. outside, you yes. know, I mentioned a moment ago I had an ad agency and I married my food to that back in uh, New Haven, Volkswagen dealer. We started, it turns out that the the Billy at Modern Pizza, which is one of the big pizza, pla- mm-hmm. big three pizza places, and we featured him in commercials, and it worked for both of them. Isn't it, it was, great? It was unbelievable. Yes. And Sugar Cupcakes, which won Cupcake Wars, yes, 
it was a it was a really nice marriage. Yes. So give yes. someone an idea out there. But I wanted to bring that to Portland, but I don't have any so clients. You, you saw that our you know people are always asking us why aren't you expanding? Why aren't you doing this? And you know one of the ways that we are able to really oh, we've got something special and I want to realize the full potential of what we're doing before we dilute our focus by opening up multiple locations. And so we went out and built our Pips Mobile. That little 71 Chevy Shorty P10 van gives us the ability to make fresh made to order mini donuts anywhere. And now we're doing Nike, Widen and Kennedy, OHSU, um, tons of different weddings, uh, corporate events, law offices, all over the place. So it, it amazes me in a city where that you hear all the time we can't have more sports teams because we don't have a big enough corporate base to right. have another baseball team. Right. I am just blown away by so many people doing what you're doing, either high-end catering or donuts right. or mm -hmm. ice cream, right. and they've got gigs all the time. All the time. And all the private spaces out yep. there are filled. Yes. I, I, I don't know that they're filled all the time, right. but they are filled yes. often. <laughs> and yeah. uh, it just – so the, the food business – yeah. has picked up the slack that the sports that the Blazers have kind of said, no, nobody else in town. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny when you create something that's really unique, when to have the ability to go on site and be totally self-contained and make fresh made order donuts and chai, that's something no one else in town can do. And we did it backwards. So instead of opening up a cart first, we built our credibility and value in our brick and mortar business. And then when we decided not to expand another brick and mortar, we created the desire for people to have our Pips Mobile. Are you going to do another brick and mortar? No, sometime? we're probably going to do another Pips Mobile. Hmm. That's interesting. I have a fleet, you know, and I'm thinking because any cart owner, and I know a few, sure, if they have both a brick and mortar and a cart, yes. they're glad to not be doing the the mobile or the cart or the truck. And I'm talking about different cities. I've heard this. Oh, they're happy to be in the the brick and mortar, oh. and it's more profitable. Well, you know, I, it's not more profitable for us. It's actually both both areas are very profitable. But I hired the former operations manager from Pine State Biscuits to manage our mobile catering and private events, and. Um, I have very little to do other than strategic oversight and helping to, you know, maximize um, that business. He he pretty much has taken it on as his own, um, and that was the unique opportunity we gave him to basically have your own business without all the liability. And we're booked up four or five gigs a week on average now with that. So I want to have a bunch of different, you know, we have the 71 Chevy that looks like that was hand painted by JNS sign. So it looks like this really cool, almost old 70s surf theme with the swooping, you know, racing stripes. And I want to have like a vintage Citroen and I want to have that painted. <laughs> yeah, I hope that done. continues right? to run for you. Well, whatever. That might be a stationary right. vehicle. So the, but the idea is to create, <laughs> take these vintage, different vintage vans and create period piece donut settings for them hmm. that we can decide which is going to be the most appropriate for which venue we're going at. Wow. That's, and what about the Wagoneer? That's the Wagoneer. Well, that I love my 73 right. Wagoneer. I drive yeah. it everywhere. I love that thing. But you can't cook in that thing. No, I can't cook in that thing, though I, I did consider it at one. <laughs> I'm sure you did. <laughs> can I fit a donut machine in the back? Figure out a way. Yeah. Can I put an exhaust fan in the back? Right. <laughs> Through the roof. So how did you come up with, what was the uh, impetus for donuts and chai and not coffee? Sure. So, I mean, it really was. My wife had, had been doing catering after our kids were finally old enough to kind of get out on their own. She had been um, doing catering to get back into doing something she loved. Mm -hmm. She had uh, grown her business to the point where she was being able to book 40 and 50 weddings every season in advance. 
and she had been sharing kitchens with somewhat volatile personalities in the food service industry. She was looking for her own space. We spent about nine months looking for a, a place to build her her own catering kitchen. We found the spot on, uh, on 48th and Northeast Fremont. We approached the landlord. He said, that's great. I love your business model, but you have to have some sort of a retail front end. What's it going to be? Well, when we were actually pregnant with our firstborn, Simone, we had my wife, who's also an amazing artist, as you've seen. She decorated and painted all of the walls and everything in the shop. We were having a gallery showing for her artwork up in Seattle. And it was that time that we had the Pike Place Mini Donuts. This is several years ago. Oh, and so that, it came from right? there. I'm glad to so, hear that because oh, that was my first experience of, with donuts like that. So and I enjoyed it a lot. Mini donuts. I loved yeah. it. They were really greasy, though. That was the part I yeah, did not course, enjoy. But they're hot. But and they were hot. And there's something to just pop in your mouth while yeah, walking around the that, market. That made such a huge impression. So, so anyway, so this many years later, when the landlord comes to us and says, what can you do? Do you want to do a cafe? Do you, you know, what can you do? We just thought, you know, what, is, what are two things that we could do food-wise that would be different than anything that's being done in Portland currently, but both are something that we really love. So we thought, you know, mini donuts, fresh, made to order mini donuts, and five flavors of housecrafted chai. Those are, those are a combination. As I looked everywhere and did my market research, I couldn't find anyone in the entire world that was doing that combination. And it's a great combination. So, it's awesome. So there's a lot so, out there. So the, the moral of the story is for anybody out there, there's a lot out there that if you do some thinking and research, Yes. And, and the work. Yes. And the work, it's there. So. Have a quality product and treat people well. You know, I think that those two tenets of doing business well will never go away. I appreciate I, we. This has been a very, don't you think, very educational. Mm-hmm. If you listen to this and apply some of Nate's principles, right, you should have a little, there's a I'm working lot. towards being an old man. I already have my own pithy sayings, like, <laughs> yeah. you know, generosity is a gift we can all afford to give, right? Well, and you, never look a gift donut in the hole. Oh, there, there we go. Don't forget that one. Yep. Yeah, right? that's better than the other one, I think. The other, yes. the other. So um, we're coming down on. Uh, we're almost out of time here. Sure. I wanted to check with you because you know a lot of people. Um, where you like to hang out? Where you're eating? What, what? And I know I'll make this disclaimer on your behalf. Sure. You can't possibly mention everybody that you love. You love <laughs> a lot of people. So <laughs> knowing that. Um, anything recently in the last month, All right. couple of months? So here we go. Here's the places we love to go: Cameo steak, steak and uh, steak and pancakes. Cameo. The Cameo steak and pancakes. God, I best, love that. I've never even heard best of it. Frick, yeah. Best freaking breakfast you'll get in Portland. And where is it? It's right on the corner of 82nd and Sandy. There's the Cameo Hotel. Okay. It's as you're going down towards PDX Airport down there. Cameo Hotel. You've got 7-Eleven on the corner. You have the Cameo. Steak and pancakes. It's a Korean American place that's been there for about 35 years. It looks like Portland from the 80s and 90s. The food is incredible. The I mean, there's never a wait. So we I, love there. This is unbelievable. Yeah. You could. I, I think I know. You know, I've been around the block a couple of times. You haven't eating. been around Portland this. unless you've been to the Cameo. Okay. Well, I will. I will make sure that's your a list. Portlander. Yep. Yeah. And um, Namaste, which is right across the street, is one of our favorite places to go for for Indian um, buffet. Mm-hmm. It's in the old Howard Johnson's buffet room lounge. Really? Okay. I love that place. Um, nothing like Howard Johnson's. Mm-hmm. Nothing so. like. But what was great is that they used to have all the original Howard Johnson's decor up. So you'd have all these guys, these like black and white nineteen nineteen prints of lumberjacks and locomotives and railroads and stuff. And then that's Eater, not what they had then, in Connecticut. Then in the Eater, Eater interviewed us and. Uh, Ask us what some of our favorite places were, and we told them. 
Next thing we went in there, they had completely remodeled. There was all these people. <laughs> Drew too much attention. <laughs> no. And I resisted the impulse to say, they used to be good. No, right? No, but we go there all the time. So those are two of those are two of our favorites. We of course we love to go to Favion on 82nd. That's a that's a great place. And there's a myriad of other places, but within the relatively limited um, orbit mm-hmm. that we exist, with pips being in the middle, mm-hmm. um, those are two of our favorites. Mm. Well, that's cool. So, in the spirit of your hashtag, which is yes. collaborate community, not community, not competition. Well, what happened to? Uh, that's it. That's all it's ever been. I thought maybe I got it wrong because I got it was wrong. Put, did you see me do it wrong and note it without telling me? Because I, I think I did, you did collaboration, it. not competition. Yeah, but then you changed it and you got community, not competition. I don't know. On the other one. No, I think it's been, okay. Well, then then it's not as appropriate a question. I was going to ask <laughs> you if there are any other donut places that you think are worthy of a visit in, in Portland. I love Annie's Donuts. Yeah. I think their apple fritter is one of the best fritters in town. Um, and I send people to Annie's all the time. I love Cocoa Donuts. Um the owners are great. It's what's really, really um, satisfying to me is that we have, you know, the owner of Cocoa and the owner of Delicious Donuts, and and we're all coming into each other's shops because we crave something different and we crave learning from each other. And so we talk and we shoot ideas back and forth. You know, what's working for you? What's not working for you? And to be able for for us to be able to gain the benefit of their experience and them sharing things that have worked for them and have not, and for us to be able to reciprocate is incredibly incredibly rewarding. Oh. Uh, it has been rewarding to have you here. Thank you, Nate. likewise. Uh, it's, and unfortunately, we only have so much time. We've actually <laughs> been running longer on our podcast lately. Sure. We're trying to figure out whether, you know, it, it's, it's longer than people say you should have a podcast, okay. over an hour. Okay. So we've been trying to keep it below that a little bit, and then... But on the other hand, Court, now that I've mentioned it, you know, our listeners are up. It's not so, hurting us, yeah. Yeah, right. it's not hurting. So yeah. I don't who are, know. Who are these people talking to you? Uh, they're great people. <laughs> and um, and we'll probably get some suggestions from you of people we don't even know at some point because yeah. you yeah. know a lot of people. I would hope so. I do, for sure. Um, I appreciate it. So where do we find you on uh, Instagram and, and the web, all that good stuff? So all of our social media is always just forward slash Pips Original. So Pips Original. P-I-P-S-O-R-I-G-I-N-A-L. It's Instagram, Twitter, and Facebook are our main sources. We haven't made the migration over to Snapchat yet. What is the deal with Snapchat? All of a sudden, it's I'm really, hearing about it know, a lot. I'm, I'm confused by it. My, I, I my, downloaded it. I looked at it, and I was trying to figure yeah. out, you know, how could, I, how could I make this work for my business right. that wouldn't suck even more of my time? <laughs> You know, I think you have, yeah. the, you have the ability to barf rainbows on Snapchat. You do, and, turn, and put little puppy noses yeah, yeah, on yeah, yourself, pretty, right? Which is really—it's appealing to me. Yeah, but it seems to me that in the last two months, I'm seeing that icon everywhere. And you know, I fought Instagram for a long time, and I love it now. I love it too. So, um, I, I love it. I love Facebook. I love Instagram. I love them for different reasons. Right. We reach different audiences, mm-hmm. different markets. People engage differently with different posts. I just wish Facebook was a little fairer on how they charge. It's not fair at all. Yeah, because it's I can not, no. I can post something to Portland Food Adventures yep. and spend forty dollars, yep. and then do the same thing to Right at the Fork, and it's a completely different number yep. of people, same demographic, Abs- absolutely. Everything. And that just is that's just wrong. And what are they using to figure that out? I don't, I don't get it. I don't know either. I mean, we have twenty four thousand fans on our Facebook page. We have. I think uh, 17,500 fans on our Instagram page. And they're different demographics for us. 
for sure. I can post one thing on, on Facebook and the same thing on Instagram and get two totally different demographics coming in. But what's great is that they both come in. I yeah. post something and boy, you see it. Well, I, I see a little of that, but it's not as discernible. One question we didn't ask that sure. I wanted to know. What's the what's the most number of donuts, Pips donuts in one sitting that you know of? Oh, I don't know. I do know that each weekend day we make about 5,500 donuts. I can give you that number as far as how many people have considered. I want to have the donut contest. I think you need to. I want mm. to. And Nick, you know? Z- Nick Zukin's going to be the first one in line. <laughs> Nick. I love Nick. We bounce. We go back and forth. We have little Nick, little Nick Nate wars on Twitter, and it's so fun. But at the end of the at the end of this little back and forth, there's always something new that I've learned from him. Yeah, no, he's, he's a great uh, guy. I've been thinking we need to get him back on. He was the second guest we had. <laughs> yeah. We need to get him back. He is great. Soon. Yeah. Thanks so much, Nate. Thank Appreciate you. it. Thank you. Right at the Fork is hosted and produced by Chris Angeles and Court Johnson. Intro music by Ariel Varinas. Find links to her music in the show notes section. Connect with us on Twitter and Instagram at Food Podcast PDX or on Facebook at Right at the Fork or online at rightatthefork.com. At